Hello everyone, this is Sherry Rice. Welcome to Access to Healthcare's weekly podcast, where we bring you local guests on topics of interest to you and your family. Today we are discussing financial security and the impact COVID-19 has had on our financial welfare. My guest today is John Draculich, insurance agent and financial advisor with Farmers Insurance. Welcome, John. Well, thank you for having me, Sherry, and I hope I can be insightful for your listeners. Oh, I have no doubt. Um, so, this is a big topic, but let's see if we can, you know, bite it down here a little bit. We know that uh, COVID-19 has had an enormous financial impact on people with small businesses shutting down, uh, even major businesses shutting down, layoffs, and so we find uh, we have a huge population that is now living off of unemployment. They're scared. Uh, They don't know if they'll go back to work. Uh, Many of them don't have savings. And uh, what is the first thing that somebody should do if they're laid off, such as what happened to so many with COVID-19? Well, the first thing I think is to analyze where they are from a budgetary standpoint and immediately make changes. So often people continue to pay for things such as cables, such as cell phones, those types of things. And not saying that you don't need a cell phone, but maybe change the plan. Look at the necessities so that you don't dig a deeper hole. Also look for the assistance programs that are out there. And be reminded that the world is in this dilemma. And those institutions where you might owe money, whether it be credit cards, whether it be banks, whether it be loans on your car, are going to be understanding of the fact of the limited income. Propose to them what would be affordable, but make sure you take a look at your budget and cut in areas that you can so that your existence does not continue to be challenged. Well, I think it's always interesting if we do take a look at the extra money that we spend, where we're spending it. I mean, any of us, the Starbucks trips, I'm sure Starbucks wouldn't like me to say that we can all cut out our Starbucks, but, you know, the little, the extras that perhaps we are paying for that we don't need to. I would say that that is a really good point. And one thing that when I work with people I tell them to do is do a budget. They need to, with husband and wife, write down where they're spending their money each day, whether it's going to lunch, like you say, whether it's going to Starbucks, whether it's, you know, uh, how many times, and certainly it's more limited now, you go out to dinner. Those are all things that you look at. And I think it is, you know, I now have the rearview mirror because of the fact that uh, I'll be 65 this year. And so there were certain things that I implemented when I first started in the business that I'm in. And that was that I never overspent. And if I couldn't afford it, I didn't buy it. And in accordance with that, when you run into these rocky roads, everybody is going to see financial change in their life. You're able to overcome them because of the fact that you didn't overspend. But let's talk about what overspending is, John, because that's an interesting term. Um, over is overspending that you uh, take a car out on on a loan is overspending using your credit card. Um, 
what is overspending in your opinion? Well, I think that there are certain necessities, and certainly a car is a necessity, but I don't think that people need to go out and buy a brand new car every couple of years. I would say, certainly if you can afford it, go for it. Uh, I've always been of the belief that uh, as you go through life, there are certain things that you want to achieve, and especially as you get to that point where you want to retire, and that's that you don't want to be carrying any debt. So certainly making sure a car is affordable. But when you look so often at what people are making in payments, is it not a better, better consideration of maybe a used car so you're not burying yourself in this car? Again, many of the American public, they want things now. So they don't mind putting it on their credit card. They don't mind putting it in installment, paces, in installment payments without really looking at what the long-term ramifications of the amount of interest that they're going to pay over a period of time. It's true. People, we, and you know, and I've certainly been guilty of that myself, um, credit cards are easy. It's instant gratification. And then comes a bill, and depending on what your interest is, then you're paying almost as much. The payment goes to mostly interest. Absolutely right. And I think the other thing is that people have to look at those areas and say, is there an opportunity to consolidate? And certainly learn from where we are today and use it as a basis of saying, I'm going to move forward if you are having financial challenges and make sure. I mean, people should try to make sure that they have at least six months in savings. So of, of what they're earning, so they're not going to face challenges should something like this pandemic or another event like we had in 2008. Well, let's, what, what did you mean by consolidate, John? I think you look, uh, certainly uh, there are companies out there, uh, maybe it's your credit union, uh, it could be another credit card company, where you would look and say, What's the interest rate you're going to charge me, and can you possibly consolidate this? I would say if you're comfortable making the payments that you are now, continue to make those payments, and if you're getting a lower interest rate, you're going to play, pay it off a lot quicker. So so people, the pandemic has happened. Uh, people have themselves in car loans or they have credit card debt, and suddenly they're without a job now. Granted, uh, most people are getting unemployment and they're getting the extra 600, but the extra 600 won't last uh, until after July unless Congress does something to extend that. So now we have somebody who has credit card debt and they may not be able to pay the monthly payment. What is it that you suggest that they do? Do they call the credit card company? Well, I would say, again, they, you know, in receiving that money because of unemployment, one of the challenges that you're seeing is is the fact that people don't know what their future holds for them. Right. And I would try to really look at your expenditures and make sure that you're not overexpending because you're getting this additional check for $600 a week. Okay. So that you are not putting yourself in a bigger hole. But I, again, would also call the credit card companies and say, you know, here's my budget. This is what I can afford. What is it that you can do for me? Yeah. And remember this, the the credit card companies, in most cases, they are not forgiving 
any of the principal balance. What they're doing is they're extending it out, and you're still going to be subjected to the interest as it continues to grow on it. So again, when you're looking at that additional income, look at it and say, is there an opportunity not to overspend so that if that money is not needed in the future because you go back to work, that you can use it to pay down some of your debt? Mm-hmm. And the same with um, with a car payment. Can you go back and renegotiate that and take it out for longer time or reduce the payment to the car loan? I think that uh, you go back to each institution and every business has been affected by this. And I think that they are far more willing than they ever have to make arrangements with you. And again, it may be a situation where you know, if your payment's 500 a month and you can't make it for three months, they're going to put it on the back end. But also talk to them and say, is there any opportunity to refinance the interest here? What What is it we can do? Because they don't want to, to repossess the cars. Right. With, you know, and I would also give them some insight of saying, well, I'm anticipating going back to work July 1st, July 15th, whatever that might be but make sure that they understand where you're coming from. Do not avoid them. Right. right. That's your worst decision. Yeah, don't just put your head in the sand, even though um, COVID-19 and the pandemic has us all wishing we could put our head in the sand for a little while. Um, exactly. In many ways. I mean, it's just it's a daunting enough task, COVID-19, if, um, if it wasn't the financial issue to it also. I mean, that's just overwhelming. So... Uh, the first instinct may be to put your head in the sand, but it's true. It just compounds everything and makes it worse. Same with the mortgage. What about a mortgage? You want to call your lender and and see how absolutely they with you. Yes, I, I think again, those institutions are very willing uh, to make accommodations. And again, looking at your budget, maybe before you call them and saying, you know, this is where we're at now. This is where I anticipate being. What's our opportunities here as far as lowering the payment? Whatever that might be. And we plan on, you know, paying the balance. Is it by the end of this year? Is it by the end of 2021? Uh, But find out what they're willing to do. I mean, every, you know, every mortgage company, every insurance company, every industry has faced challenges in this area. It, 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 you know, this is a worldwide challenge. Yeah, I don't know any people, business that hasn't been affected by this, John. I don't. Yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah, because even if even if the business itself hasn't been affected, the business's customers have. And then the customers, well, you know, it's it's our uh, the way our society is built. The customers then don't go to the businesses. And so everybody is affected by this. Everybody's trying to Absolutely. But that person, that individual who lost their job uh, and maybe has a couple of kids uh, that they need to support and put food on the table, I think it's particularly stressful for them on how they what they do on a daily basis. Well, and I, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, uh, the challenges that I see in my own business and the sense that I get from my business owners and my own uh, insureds and clients that I deal with on financial products. And in, in in taking a look at that, one of the things to remember is, again, 
there are assistance programs out there. Uh, don't be ashamed, you know, if you need that help. Remember, your family comes first, your health comes first, and in accordance with it, you know, we'll overcome it. But it, it, it's not going to be something that can be short-sighted too. And again, it's something that we can all learn from because to say this can't happen in the future. Right, right. You know. And it's going to go along. It's going to go on for a while. Talk with me a little bit about those paycheck loan places, the ones that, or the, or where you, I don't know enough about them, but where you might give the pink slip to your car or something and they give you a loan. Um, is that as bad as... That would not be uh, something... Uh, you know, all I've ever read is the challenges that I've read in the paper about uh, the interest that they charge. So I would say credit union, bank, other financial institutions, but a paycheck uh, loan, I think, is a real challenge uh, because the amount that you pay mm -hmm. in interest, and I'm not even sure how they work. I know that, you know, they make advancements and in accordance with it but the interest is is pretty steep yeah that's so i i would say that would be your last resort well let's talk a little bit about somebody who they've returned to their job or uh, somebody who didn't lose their job let's talk about savings because um, it's very hard sometimes to do especially if you have quite a few, you know, you've got two or three kids and you need to put food on the table and get them clothed, and it just seems like even $25 or $50 a month is um, is a lot of money to save. But I know that you can really tell us about how that savings adds up over time and that if you just have it taken out of your paycheck, you barely know it's gone. So the first thing when I sit down and I advise people, I ask them if their employer has a program set up because if it's a 401k if it's a simple if it's a profit sharing the first thing you want to do is you want to look to your employer for putting that money away most employers on a 401k say we'll match the first three percent we'll match 50 percent of the next two which means if you're putting in four per uh, if you're putting in five percent they'll put in four percent for you so my first question is, where are you going to get free money? So if you're making 50000 a year and you're putting 3% away, okay, then that's $750. And if your employer is going to match that 3%, then that's $750. So that's $1,500. And when you look at it, people have to remember there are two ways that you exist in this world. There's you making money and your money making money for you. And if you look at monthly contributions over a 40-year period, okay, and you were putting it over that uh, $100 a month, your withdrawals would be approximately about $1,200 a month after that 40-year period. And if you put $200 a month away, you could withdraw approximately $2,343. So what you're doing is you're, you're having the time value of money. And what a, the, one of the questions is people say, when should I begin? 
it's never too early and it's never too late. And you have to be systematic and it doesn't matter if it's 25, it doesn't matter if it's 50 or $75 a month to start to do something. But first check with your employer and find out if they have a matching program because you're leaving free money on the table. Well, let's talk about retirement, John. I know that um, we talked a little while ago, you and I offline, about um, people being able to draw on their retirement and to do it without penalty since COVID-19 came about. Can you explain that to us? Yeah, so there was, uh, as part of the economic stimulus, there were some additional provisions that were put in. And you can actually, whether it's you that was affected or a family member, you could actually take out of your retirement account up to 100 grand without paying the 10% penalty if you're beyond 59 or um, because of not being of age 59 and a half. So again, what you're doing is you're avoiding that penalty from that standpoint. And there also are abilities to be able to pay that tax. I believe it's over a three-year period, and I can check that. I don't remember it off the top of my head. Mm -hmm. But I would tell people that certainly one of the things that you want to do is if you decide you want to take that withdrawal out penalty-free, then plan on trying to pay it back because it's going to affect your ability later on to be able to retire when you want. Right. But it also can be a cushion for somebody during this time. Absolutely. That yep. takes some of the stress. I mean, you and I know that other than our health, um, the second most stressor thing in our life is our finances. You bet. Yeah, and it's 24-7. Uh, it never goes away. Well, and I again think that if what you do is you try to take a clearer vision of being systematic and not overspending, and, and those are things that, you know, before I got into insurance and financial services, I was a waiter. And I saw this mentality of people spending at a level that was shocking to me because it was, you know, if we made 150 today, spend 150, we'll make it tomorrow. And I, that was nothing that I could ever live like. So I always said, you know, I've got to be systematic in the things that I do. And now, you know, when you're looking at it, those types of restraints have paid off because I've systematically continued to put away from my retirement. And yeah. I would tell you that my biggest fear in retirement was going to be that I never, ever wanted to have to say I couldn't afford to do that. And yeah. again, if, if you're willing to make sacrifices along the way, then you can achieve that. Well, let's, um, let's recap a little bit because I think this has been um, very profitable, um, John, for people to hear is that if, if you've been laid off, um, if your income has become restricted, the first thing that you do is sit down and take a very realistic look at your budget, um, what you need to pay, but also take a very realistic look at the things that you can let go of for now. doesn't mean that you'll never get another Starbucks or you'll never go out to dinner, but to let go of the things that are not uh, very essentials. Is that right? Absolutely. Well stated. Okay, and then it sounds like take a real assessment of your debt. And if it's your mortgage, your car payment, 
credit cards, the best thing to do is to call, don't put your head in the sand, I heard that very clear from you, don't put your head in the sand, but call those agencies, call those um, your loan for your car and car, call the mortgage company and say I've been laid off from my job. There's no shame in that game because uh, the majority of the people in the United States are in the same bucket. I totally agree with you. Sherry, that's exactly what they need. And that they will, the credit card companies and loan uh, companies will work with you because I think the real thing that you said that was so um, so good was that they don't want to repossess your car. They don't want to take your home away. They don't want to do that. They want to work with you. And they certainly know that these are extraordinary times. Absolutely. And then when somebody goes back to work, um, that they start looking at putting, if they can't with an employer in a retirement plan, uh, then they start looking at putting savings away, even as much as, as little as $25, $50 a month that it's going to add up. Uh, we know that COVID's not going away for a while. What's your biggest concern over the next six months uh, from an economic standpoint, John? I think that uh, the way that businesses will change uh, certainly we're seeing a far more virtual platform. I think that there are good sides and there are challenge sides to this. Uh, I think certainly we've seen some very uh, dramatic changes in the environment um, that in accordance with it, that the meeting on a virtual platform is not a bad thing. And that, uh, but, but you also still need the social and physical interaction with people. So I, when I look at it from a business standpoint, I think the thing that people need to uh, realize is things will evolve. And whether it's what we've seen now because of platforms like Zoom or any of those others and, and their expanding nature, you're going to see a different sense of, of business. Uh, that being said, that, you know, I, Hopefully, hopefully we'll have a vaccine or some sort of uh, treatment and uh, this country can move on, but also uh, certainly don't want anybody to end up uh, being challenged by this incredibly difficult uh, disease that's out there or virus. Well put, John. We have been talking about the impact COVID-19 has had on our finances with John Draculich, insurance agent and financial advisor with Farmers Insurance. Thank you, John, for being on our podcast. Thank you for having me. And certainly, if any of you have any questions, please feel free to email me. You can email me at jdraculich at Farmers Agent, or you can contact me at 775-356-6322. Glad to help you in any way I can. Thank you. And John mentioned earlier in the podcast that there are certain resources that can help somebody. And I want to give out our uh, medical resource line, which also talks about many resources, food, clothing, shelter, etc. That number is 877-385-2345. And somebody will be answering the phone during the day, and you can ask him any questions that you'd like about resources that can help you and your family. Thank you for listening to our podcast, and for a list of future podcasts and past podcasts, please go to accesstohealthcare.org slash podcast, and everybody stay safe, please.